More coaching search talk and big results from the Louisville women's basketball team. There's a ton of stuff to talk about on this bonus episode of the Locked On Louisville podcast. Let's get right on into it. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into this bonus episode of the Lockdown Louisville Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you. As always, I'm your host, Dalton Pence. I serve as a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, and I also do some PA announcing work for the university in various sports. I want to take this time to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And just a reminder, the Lockdown Louisville Podcast, free on all streaming ser- services, including YouTube, Five days a week, your team every day. On this bonus episode, a lot of stuff to talk about. We'll jump back into coaching search talk, talking about two more candidates and the feasibility of both of those possibly becoming the next global head coach. That is Murray State's Matt McMahon, Loyola Chicago's Drew Valentine. We'll also uh, transition into the women's basketball realm where the cards um, totally dominated the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We'll talk about that contest. We'll also discuss uh, what needs to happen for the women's basketball team to secure a number one seed in the NCAA tournament coming up here um, basically just just under a month. Um, So let's start out getting right into the coaching search. Obviously, I feel like I have to keep mentioning this just because I talk about a certain candidate or candidates on this show does not necessarily mean that they are, are seriously being considered by the university. In fact, there hasn't necessarily been a lot of leak so to speak or you know information on on guys being you know seriously considered outside of um, Kenny Payne so we'll just continue to go down the line talk about um, each candidate whether or not they would be uh, a good fit here uh, on today's episode obviously Murray State's Matt McMahon Loyola Chicago's Drew Valentine I think that both are very solid coaches they're up and comers especially the latter um you know, guys that are you know having a ton of success of where they're at in the mid-major realm. But ultimately, I'm not necessarily sure that they are the right fit for Louisville. We'll explain why here. Uh, starting with the first candidate, that's Matt McMahon uh, from Murray State. Obviously, he, he's a guy that when you think of Murray State, you think of John Morant. He coached Morant, um, you know, for the, his two seasons in the uh, with the Racers uh, overall for his career since he took over. Um, the Murray State program in 2015-16. He has a 147-66 and 66 record that's just under 70%. So he's been a guy that has you know gotten the most out of his teams. He has only had one losing record that came in 2016-17. and 17. John Morant came to town and they went to the tournament twice. Uh, 2019-2020, they were the regular season champion. Obviously, the conference uh, tournament and the NCAA tournament t- that followed were canceled by COVID. Last year, they were 13-13. and This season, 24-2 and um, have been in the AP poll. So it looks like the racers are you know right back into the thick of things. Um, the, the issue that I have here, and I, I don't like to use the, the phrase checking off boxes because I think that um, – I, I I don't know. I think it, it I think it's somewhat disrespectful to some coaches and stuff like that. But ultimately, I think that that's kind of the closest to to what I'm thinking in terms of the Louisville job because I think that there's certain things, certain qualities, uh, certain qualifications that are being looked at 
um, for this position. It's a high-profile position. The university has to make sure that they get this hire right. I think that you know Matt McMahon would be probably in an un- uninspiring hire for the university, uh, for at least for the fan base. Um, that's not necessarily indicative of you know him not necessarily having a ton of success in Murray State, which you know he's been to the NCAA tournament twice. You know, m- might have been three years um, if if COVID wouldn't have canceled 2020. But the you know I feel like this hire maybe doesn't necessarily need to be high profile in the fact you get a top college coach, but it has to be a guy that checks off some of these boxes. Um, recruiting wise, you know he it's definite you know it's, it's you know for sure you know proven that he's got an eye for talent going out and getting a guy like John Morant, you know, who is now an NBA all-star NBA all-star starter. Um, I mean, it, it's right there. So, you know, you, you see the development, you see, you know, the eye for talent. So finding diamonds in the rough is a, you know, a key thing that McMahon brings to the table, you know, Tevin Brown, um, you know, I think his name was Cowan, the big guy on that team. You know, they've got they've brought in a lot of talent to Murray State, and they've been able to be coached up. You know, there's a ton of development going on. Matt McMahon is a very good, you know, players coach. You know, guys love playing for him. He's a guy very solid X's and O's. When you watch the team play, they're very solid three point shooting. They move the ball around a ton, and they get the ball in their best players' hands and let them operate. I think that that's key, and he's able to be, you know. You know, he's able to adapt depending on the certain skill set of a certain team, the certain trend of a certain team, etc. So, but ultimately, you know, recruiting wise is not how you the key thing, and the key that's kind of what it was with Chris Mack as well is how is how is a certain guy going to adapt to recruiting on a whole different, you know, in a whole different atmosphere, so to speak. You know, you're you know, the you know, power five recruiting is a, is a lot different than mid-major. You know, how well are you going to be able to go up against the big boys uh, of college basketball as well? Matt McMahon, um, you know, coming from a mid-major, it's hard to discredit tournament success, you know, lack of tournament success because, you know, a lot of it, it depends on your, you know, it depends on winning the conference tournament pretty much. But even then, I mean, you are, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's just all a matter of, you know, getting to where you need to be uh, in that in that realm. So I actually think thinking about, I think Murray State actually lost in the conference tournament in two thousand. They lose in two thousand twenty, maybe. I forget. Well, they didn't make the tournament. Put it that way. But you can't necessarily discredit. You know, not going far in the tournament, just considering the fact that you are at a mid major. You're kind of you know coaching with your hands behind your back because you have to recruit to you know mid major program. I just think that Matt McMahon, uh, good coach. I would like to see him make a power five move to a different program. And if he were to excel there, then, you know, maybe down the road, we'll take a look at him. But right now, you know, decent, you know, pretty solid coach, a uh, decent fit, uh, just maybe not necessarily the right timing. There's a couple factors that, um, you know, lack of recruiting, um, you know, track record and stuff like that. I just don't necessarily think it would be the most inspiring hire. Um, the other one is Loyola's, um, I will say uh, just just a second before we get to Drew Valentine. Um, Matt McMahon does have a five hundred thousand dollar annual value contract. The buyout is uh, five hundred thousand. So obviously, if Louisville wanted to make it happen, they definitely could make it happen. Um, on the other hand, I, I don't know necessarily. I don't necessarily know the terms of uh, Loyola Chicago's coach Drew Valentine's um, his, his contract terms or buyout or anything like that. I do know that he is the youngest coach 
in power in in, in Division One. I, I think right now he is thirty years old, taking over for Porter Moser, who has you know led that Ramblers program to many tournament appearances, a couple of deep runs. Right now, the Ramblers are nineteen and five. Uh, they made it to the NCAA or they made it to the AP poll. Um, the issue with um, you know Valentine, and this is you know probably shouldn't come as a surprise, is I think that there's a ton of risk involved with Valentine. I think it, he's going to be a guy that's going to eventually get a big job. Maybe not necessarily on the Louisville. Um, maybe not necessarily on the you know on the same level as Louisville, but I do think you know he could get to you know power five job, kind of like how Porter Moser did with Oklahoma. You could see him going to kind of a bottom tier power five school. Um, but I think that you know Drew Valentine, he's a guy that you know a younger guy. There's a lot of appeal going going with the younger guy because you know he's um, you're doing well with Loyola. The question remains is you know. Would he be able to recruit? He's doing this, you know, with you know some of Porter Moser's players and stuff like that. So the question remains: There's just a lot of um, you know question marks out there. Number one, you know, how good of a recruiter is he? Number two, can he do this with his own players? And, and number three, you know, I, I I wonder if if you know that he obviously his name was kind of brought up in the initial conversation of, okay, if they wanted to think outside the box, they could look at a guy like Valentine. But ultimately, I'm not necessarily sure how how good of a fit this is. I think that um, it might be a decent fit, but just completely wrong timing. I think that he's got to um, you know, either establish you know a run of success with the Ramblers or he has to go to another, you know, a higher school in, you know, lower power five and, and succeed kind of like how Steve Forbes is to get, to get a look at the little position. But ultimately right now, I think both Matt McMahon and Drew Valentine are good coaches, but it's just not necessarily um, a good timing for either of them. Uh, they have to show that, um, you know, they can continue the success, you know, throughout their careers before I think it, they become uh, level-level coaches. So transitioning over into the women's basketball side of things, the Cardinals defeated the Notre Dame Fighting Irish 73-47 to on Super Bowl Sunday. I want to talk about that result. We'll do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends at Bet Online. Look, football might be over for the season. But basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performances, props to where the next fired head coach is going to land. Bet online is the number one spot for all of your sporting needs. It remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. But look, it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile web, mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. All right. The Cardinals, 73-47 to 47 victory over the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Um, they were number, um, I'm sorry, number 18 uh, when the Cardinals defeated them. Currently speaking, the Irish have... Um, Falling just one spot to 19th. They beat the um, NC State Wolfpack a couple weeks ago. This was a very solid performance for the Cardinals. Uh, they started out kind of slow, uh, went up 14 to 13, um, but the second quarter set the tone of uh, 18 to 8 in terms of deficit. And then the, it was all Louisville after that. 73 to 47, just a huge victory for the team. So looking at what some of the cards did, there were. Three players that scored in double figures. Haley Van Lith continues her impressive streak. She was 50% from the field, 16 points, two steals, two assists. Um, Kiana Smith led the way, 17 points. She was 6 for 13 from the field. Chelsea Hall also scored in double figures, had 13 points, three assists. 
five rebounds. Olivia Cochran, uh, led, you know, she had six points, eight rebounds. Emily Inksler, 12 points, nine rebounds, five steals, two blocks overall. Um, and then you saw some other players, you know, look solid as well. From the Notre Dame side of things, uh, Sam Burnell didn't necessarily play all that much, only three minutes. She had four points. Um, the, um, Actually, the uh, Notre Dame bench only uh, accumulated five points. Uh, Maddie Westbelt had 10. Uh, Citron had 13. Miles had 11. Dodson with 8. Uh, Mabry didn't didn't score a single point. She was 0 for 8 from the field. It was just a classic performance put on by the women's basketball team of just overall very, very solid defense, right? So um, from one point, especially in the first half, Notre Dame, I think, was 1 of 14 from 3. They finished 2 of 22. So a team that usually shoots the ball pretty well, Louisville made it very challenging for the Fighting Irish on that end of the offensive spectrum. 2 of 12, while Louisville was 6 of 17. Notre Dame turned the ball over 16 times. Um, didn't shoot the ball well at all either. She, they only shot at 31.7%. So from, from pretty much the get-go when it comes to like the second quarter and stuff like that, it was just all Louisville pretty much all the time after that, and that's something that really kind of, um, I'm not going to say convinces me because I've been convinced all season long, but it just kind of like reassures me that, hey, look, this team is legit. I think this is definitely one of the top four teams in the country as we speak right now. I mean, they are defeating uh, teams. I mean, they have only lost one game in ACC play that comes to NC State, um, and they led for 30 minutes of that one. They were up by double digits going in the fourth quarter before that historic um, disaster of a debacle. But ultimately, this is just a prime example of how Louisville's defense can take hold of a game 47 points for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who average well more than that. They're a team that has been playing very well. Um, in fact, Notre Dame, you know, ranked, they only, they have six losses. They're 10-4 and four in conference play. They're going to be making the tournament, and they, you know, could be a team that could make a, a decent little run. This is just a huge result for Louisville, you know, nonetheless, because it, it at the very least, it bolsters the tournament resume. Now, we're going to talk about what Louisville needs to do here um, in, in just a couple minutes uh, to ensure that they get a number one seed you know, come tournament time. But ultimately, it, it's going to come down to, you know, uh, you know, getting a win like this, it's very convincing, you know, like Michigan. They had a very convincing win over Michigan earlier in the year. I mean, they've put together a very, very solid um and your resume, they beat Kentucky, which that doesn't necessarily look like a good win now, but they beat UConn despite not having Beckers or, excuse me, Azzy Fudd. Uh, Michigan, they beat Georgia Tech, they beat Duke, they beat a handful of ranked teams, but I think that Notre Dame, in terms of the ACC, you know, um, you know, just landscape stuff like that. I think they're the third, you know, third or fourth best team outside of, you know, Georgia Tech. I think Boston College is probably up there as well. But Louisville winning this game, I just think bodes well for the rest of the season. It keeps the confidence high. You know, just a, another, just another showing from the, from a great defensive side of things and offensively. You know, although they didn't score, although they didn't score, you know, ninety, hundred points like they had in. In recent matchups, they did force a team to um, to forfeit, um, but I, I don't necessarily know, you know what happened in terms of the Virginia uh, forfeit decision and stuff like that. They blamed it on travel issues despite there it being 61 and sunny 
in, in Charlottesville that day. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure what happens. I don't really want to truly speculate, but all I know is that, that it was a forfeit. doesn't count toward the overall record, but it does count to the ACC record. So overall, I mean, you know, the Notre Dame game, you know, the team hadn't played in, in a week. So, you know, they, they, they stayed fresh. They came out and, um, you know, didn't play with their food, so to speak. They um, handled an, uh, you know handled a ranked team. They you know, took care of business. I think that Louisville has been a team that sometimes has played down to their competition sometimes this season. But overall, they're looking very, very solid uh, on both ends of the court. I love what I'm seeing offensively from them. It's good to see Keanu Smith get, you know, get back into the groove of things. It's good to see the consistency from Haley Van Lith and what we're continually seeing from the sophomore star. And it's very awesome to see Chelsea Hall scoring in double figures because because when she's scoring in double figures, you know the you know the offensive um, ceiling raises a little bit because you know she's probably not even a top three to four option on this team in terms of you know scoring and stuff like that. So when you see her scoring in double figures, you know having a, a ton of players in the backcourt that can you know shoot the ball well and stuff like that. They shot the ball decent from three. I mean it was like what forty percent or something like that. Shot the ball well from the field. So overall, a, a good win. I don't want to hype it up too much because I think that it's it's obviously a matchup that the Cardinals should have won. I think that really what I'm kind of getting at is the fact that they won this game by nearly 30 points, which is it, which is incredible uh, against a ranked team that had just beaten NC State, um, you know, within the calendar month or not within the you know within the past 30 days. So solid win. We're going to talk now about what do Cardinals need to do to make sure that they get a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. That obviously, you know, they, you could take that a couple of different ways. I think that it's really, you know, going to show just how tough it is because there, there's a lot of teams that could, you know, possibly be into the mix. We'll talk about that here in just a second after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's not impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that warehouse happens to carry when you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. It allows you to save time and money. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could ever need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So do yourself a favor. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Um, right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Going into the last segment of the show, I want to discuss what the Cardinals need to do to ensure that they get a number one seed in the upcoming NCAA tournament. Currently, they are third in the country. Um, they they sit right behind South Carolina, who has one loss on the season. Stanford is 21-3. and three. NC State is right behind them at 23-3. and three. Uh, You also have um, Indiana, Iowa State, and then looking a little further back, Baylor, Arizona, and Michigan, and UConn. So um, ultimately, I think right now the one seed, uh, obviously there, there's a lot of – there's, well, you're still season left, so teams could lose. But South Carolina, Stanford, Louisville, NC State, Indiana, Iowa State, all kind of in contention. I think the others are on the outside looking in. If the season were to end today, Louisville would be getting a number one seed. Um, no, I just exited out the. That's great. Just exited out the, um, the, tab that I have going up. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, but 
in terms of the remainder of the schedule, my gosh, I'm, I'm not having a good day. <laughs> I'm looking at the, the, the rest of the schedule. The cards have four games left. Um, three are against ranked opponents, so it's not smooth sailing. Uh, number one, the cards are going to have to, you know, to ensure a number one seed. Now, now put it this way. I'm not saying that they have to absolutely run the table. But when you consider what is you know what what's on the table, if South Carolina is a team that you know unless they go on a losing streak, they're going to get a, a one seed. Stanford is a team that you would predict to get a one seed. NC State as well; they have a favorable remainder of the regular season. They're going to likely be the number one seed in the conference tournament. Um, so NC State's going to be there. So three of them are not necessarily set in stone, but you know Louisville is looking for that other one seed. Um, Indiana. Uh, Iowa State, et cetera, are, are kind of um, in contention for that. So I think that to ensure that you get a one seed, um, you know, North Carolina has struggled. Virginia Tech's a team that they could beat. They just beat Notre Dame by 30. They beat Pittsburgh by a ton this season. I think winning out the rest of the regular season to where you end the season 26-2, um, and two, that, that's kind of what you're looking for for the women's basketball team. Um, and then when you get to the conference tournament, I'm not saying that you have to get the number one overall seed in the, in the tournament or the conference tournament, I should say, because look, I mean, they're tied with NC State in terms of record. NC State holds the tiebreaker in terms of the head-to-head win in Raleigh. So, um, you know, getting the number one seed in the conference doesn't matter because you still have to handle business. I think to ensure that the team gets a number one seed, they have to at least make you know make the conference championship game if they run the table to end the regular season and they go to the conference championship game and they still lose to NC State, I think that a Louisville team with three losses, two of them being to NC State, one of them being to Arizona the first game of the year, I think that that's, a, that's enough for this team to get a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Now, let's say that the team does lose one of their last regular season games. Let's say they lose to Virginia Tech or at Notre Dame. To ensure that they get a one seed, they're going to have to win the conference championship. Now, would it be unheard of if they were to lose a, a game and then lose in the conference championship to NC State? Um, you know, I and get a one seed. I don't think that it's off the off the off the table. I think they could definitely get a one seed. I think it's kind of the same probability of the team running the regular season and then losing in the like the conference semifinals to like a. Um, you know, Georgia Tech or a Boston College or something like that. So the best route that they could go is, you know, uh, just kind of, you know, if they win out, they're obviously going to be a one seed. Uh, you know, put it that way. If they win the next four of the regular season, if they win the conference championship, there's no way they're not a one seed. If they're not, it's criminal. Um, but to ensure that they need to be, um, in terms of the cushion, in terms of the breathing room that they have, it really needs to be a, a situation where, you know, they're only losing one game between now and Selection Monday. Um, so I think that this team has put themselves in a great position. Their tournament resume, um, if it comes down to where, you know, they do lose two games uh, between now and Selection Monday, uh, their tournament resume does help. I mean, they have a win over Notre Dame. They possibly could have two over Notre Dame. They could have one over North Carolina, um, Virginia Tech. They have one over Duke. Um, they have victories over Arizona, Michigan, uh, UConn, Georgia Tech, uh, Boston College, etc. So handling business and not having really any bad losses is a very, very key thing for Louisville when it comes to resume. But like I said, I keep coming back to at least making the conference tournament, I think, or at least conference tournament final. 
can't speak again today. Um, but overall, this is a, a team that even if they get a two seed, I think that um, they're going to make a deep run. But the difference, the kind of drop off between, you know, number one to where you're, you wouldn't have to play Stanford, NC State, or South Carolina until the Final Four, and then, you know, possibly, you know, sc- you know squaring off with like an Indiana or, you know, if you're, you're Indiana, Baylor, Iowa State, I think you, you set yourself up. I don't think that there's a, a, a two seed like Stanford was you know, what in, in this season's tournament, maybe, you know, UConn, but ultimately right now there's no team outside of UConn that even, you know, resembles that. So overall, uh, we talked about, you know, the uh, some more basketball coaching options with Murray State's Matt McMahon, uh, Loyola Chicago's Drew Valentine, and why, yes, they're good X's and O's coaches, they're player coaches, they're up-and-comers, there's just not necessarily enough sample size um, and enough, you know, um, you know, recruiting trail experience and stuff like that to where I don't think that Wolf really, you know, truly considers them. They're very much on the outside looking. And we also talked about the Wolf women's basketball, huge victory against Notre Dame on Super Bowl Sunday. Also discussed what needs to happen for the women's basketball team to make sure that they are a number one seed come tournament time. Um, tomorrow, Jeremy Wallman back on the show. We'll talk a little bit about Nick uh, Cardwell, um, getting named the tight ends coach. We'll have a little mailbag segment, and we'll talk a little bit more about some stuff. Before we get out of here, a couple quick shout-outs. First, the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. Most recent was dropped on Sunday. You can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. The other um, podcast I want to talk about is the Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q with handicapping and expert uh, – Expert analysis from Lee Sterling. You can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcast. That's going to wrap up this bonus episode of the Locked On Global Podcast. Everyone have a great day, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Go Cards.